Or is it a cake? Is it an onion? Is it Shrek? Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is a man of equally awesome nameage, and that's the one and only Will from the Game Store Guardians. What's happening, my guy? Hey, what's going on, man? Glad to be on. Oh, man, I'm really glad that you're here. You've been around for the ride, I would yeah. say. You were one of the first podcasts I started listening to when I got into the game about a year ago, so... Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good time and it's it's been really good to get to know you. You're you're really active in our discord community, which I love. I think it's it's been a really fun time and everything. And, you know, getting to know you and watching some of your games. I watched some of your games uh, in, I think, season eight that you were playing on Mm -hmm. TTS. And then you and uh, Brian Freddie just beating up on each other. (laughs) Yeah, they finally beat my weapon X. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a, he's been talking about it a lot. It's it's been uh it's been a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, tell the people about yourself a little bit. Okay. Well, my name's Will. Um I got into MCP about a year ago because for Christmas 2022, 2021, I told my wife, I'm like, listen, now that I have a space to actually like paint minis, because we had just moved that year and all that, mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to get into tabletop gaming and I kind of want to get Marvel. So that's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> so nice. she got me the core set and I put it together over Christmas and then I had gotten COVID. So I just finished putting it together like during that January. So um, I didn't actually play my first game till about March. And then since then, I've been hooked. Like, I absolutely love this game. Yeah, no, it, it is great. It is great. should also mention, probably I'm on a podcast, Game Store Guardian, so with me. Yes, definitely go check that out, uh, Suits. There will be a link in the description for you, so you can just one-stop shop, click right there, go give it some love, like, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. It's a great time over there, and uh, I, I got to say I enjoy that one quite a bit, so make sure you do all of that fun stuff, but... I digress with all of this because, you know, we've got some pretty exciting stuff happening in MCP right now, Will. It has been such a good year so far for MCP, and we're still in January. Yeah, we've had 25 days worth of 2023 uh, as of recording right now. And um, yeah, I'd say that uh, they're coming out of the gate pretty hot. Yeah. So we just got the reveal today for Ulix card. And I know what you're thinking, Suits. You're thinking, but the title of this episode said nothing about Ulix. You'd be right, because we're talking about Spider-Woman today. But I do, I just want to, like, without going in deep and, and getting down in that minutiae, I just got to, like, for a second, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was expecting a three-threat, like, simple beater, and we are not getting that at all. Yeah, no, he is he is a whole whole thing. Like we're gonna 
we're going to have to do a whole episode on Ulick by himself because, I mean, between Rhino, Ulick, Spider-Woman, Federay Bill, like, I mean, if it keeps up like this, who knows what we're going to get in Emma Frost and Psylocke, but, I mean, the bar has been set. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I am excited and... Like I said, we're going to talk about Spider-Woman tonight, and I am really stoked for her, too. And I felt like today, watching the conversation around Ulick was like that meme where the guy is is walking with his girlfriend, and like he turns around to look, and it's like the one thing that's... pat Like, Spider-Woman is the girl that's like scoffing at him, and then Ulick is the thing he's turned around to look at. Yeah, I completely understand. <laughs> yeah, that that is what I saw happen on the interwebs today because it was so funny. Spider-Woman's a great character. And mm -hmm. when she was revealed, everybody's like, this is bananas. And it's like, yeah, it kind of is. Kind of is. You know, it's, I feel like we're definitely going into a activate and steal your stuff type of situation in the game in the early part of the year. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's really an interesting space. And maybe we can talk about that at the end of this episode of kind of like, yeah the shift in what MCP might be. Cause I, I mentioned it a little bit before. And I think that now that we've seen like, at least in these first 25 days of January, what is on the docket, it, it's, it's a very interesting conversation I think to have. And, uh, and yeah, so let's just dive right in here and discuss Jessica drew spider woman. And as Always will. What do we got to do first? We have to go to the base stats. No, we got to look at the model first. Oh, that's right. Come Damn. on, man. Come on. I know. I, you know what? I'm done. I'm signing off. Sorry. Yep. That's all right. You know, two <laughs> two weeks in a row, podcast over. Cause you know, I just had to. Some some people, you know, some people. No, yeah. we, we got to check out this model because it's one of those where it's like, it's the 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 prototypical AMG ballerina pose, but I don't hate it. Yeah, absolutely. And given the other models she comes with, Agent Venom, like it's definitely the more conservative of the poses. Oh, but absolutely. It, it reminds me of like the one of the first comics I ever owned was I owned a Captain America comic that he looked like he was standing in front of Castle Grayskull, and I was a huge He Man fan. But I also had a Spider Woman comic for some reason. And like I see the cover vividly, and it reminds me of that cover. Oh, heck yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, I mean, it's it's very much like an iconic pose for her in a lot of ways. Like, that's like you said, there's many a comic cover with her kind of outstretched arms, the little web wings poking out and, like, doing the thing. And, like, you know, this is one of those where I like painting red, so that's nice, you know, when I do yeah. paint, when I'm not a gray lord. <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I, when I started playing this game, I'm like, I'm not playing with unpainted minis. That's fair. That's fair. I <laughs> I said the same thing initially, and Lord knows I just can't keep up. I just can't do it. And it's just, it's all me. It's nothing else. It's just, I literally am just like, I do too many other things. And and there you Plus go. Plus the rate of releases. No joke. No joke. So we get these in a little over two weeks from yes, the time. February 10th. Yeah, February 10th. I am, I'm ready for that. And, mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, because... After this, then it's Beta Ray Bill and Ulick. Or wait, no, they're the same time. They are the same day. Oh Lord. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's a whole new whole new day. 
And and yeah, are you gonna do anything like different on Spider Woman? Are you gonna do like the the other version of Spider Woman? I know it's not Jessica Drew, but where she's got like the black costume and everything. I, I do like that, but I I've been looking because I'm like I do want to do something a little different, but I think I'm just gonna go with the base costume just because it's it's just a very cool looking costume. Yeah, it, it's unique in the Spider Family. Yes. You know, like the red and yellow, I think is just, it's a really nice color. And they've come out with a more like modern version where she's like, it's black with like the red and the spider stripies and stuff. And it's like, I do like that one too. I like it. But like the classic red and yellow is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Kind of nice. Okay. So now, now we can jump in and talk about this top stat line. We have Spider Woman, Jessica drew with us today and she's got a top stat line of four physical defense three energy defense and three mystic defense she has six stamina she's threat value four size two and she moves oh sweet music to my ears long yes so well, what kind of stands out to you there? Um, the four physical for sure. The long movement is just lovely. And a four threat because I'm very happy she's a four threat. Yes, definitely love that she's a four threat, especially as we get into this card. I think it's going to make a lot of sense. And yeah, long movers are, are my jam. I made an entire roster that was nothing but long movers one day. It made me real happy. It was not great, but it was just fun to be able to be like, cool, I'm moving along now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, it's really cool that they gave her a four physical defense instead of like threes across the board because mm-hmm. they really could have easily said, you know, let's let's just be threes because of all this other stuff that's going on. But giving her that fourth one is, again, especially, and I'm going to bury the lead with something that's on this card, I think it really helps her survivability. And especially when you look at the fact that she has a total of only 11 stamina because she has five health on her injured side. But she's this, I think she's going to be deceptively very, very uh, survivable. I think you're right. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to watch our friend Leland with the Aegis brand studios. If you watch his battle report with a force. Yes, I, I'm a huge... A-Force was the first team that really hooked me in the game, so yeah. Nice. I, I love Luland. He seems like a cool dude. I talk to him on your on the Discord all the time. Oh, yeah. No, he he's a wonderful guy. I, I've really enjoyed getting to know him over the last little while as well, but he, he had Jessica Drew, and Hood totally punked her. It was mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the dice just are terrible it's it's just how it goes sometimes exactly right exactly right and that was a really great game and i'm gonna tell you right now y'all should definitely go check that out because it did not go the way i thought it was gonna go no so anyways i love this stat line like it's it's simple and there's it's not like the most exciting of the basic stat lines but there's definitely some cool things to glean from that i think but will would you like to go over the attacks 100% like to go over the attack. So her first attack is an energy attack. Bioelectric strike has a range of three, five power for zero energy cost because it's her builder. Um, After the attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to the damage dealt. And on a wild, you get neuro disruption. 
before damage is dealt, for each wild in the attack roll, a defending character gains one of the following special conditions. Poison, shock, or stun. All right. Uh, all right. Hang on. Read, read that one more time for the people in the back. Absolutely. On a wild, neuro disruption. Before damage is dealt, for each wild in the attack roll, the defending character gains one of the following special conditions. Poison, shock, or stun. Oh, God, yes. Now, Will, why do you think I had you read that a second time? Because the fact that she gives those before damage is dealt is just nasty. It's straight nasty. And not only that, yes, it's only five dice. Like, yes. let's not kid ourselves. It's only five dice. But for each wild in the attack roll, and I don't know about you, I've been playing this game long enough where I've had those two, three wilds on a five dice attack randomly out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. and, and I've also blanked out many a time, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I had a similar situation last night. I rolled three wilds into MODOK. Oh, well. Yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> well, it's funny because that is amazing. Amazing tech on a builder. Like, I don't think we've yes. seen on a builder like that before, have we? Um, I don't, I know, because the, um, the Sentinels have it on their, on their spender. Correct. Yeah, but, but I don't think before. it's on a builder. It, on the spender for the Sentinels, it's not before damage is dealt. No, it's after, you're correct. The only other one I can think of off the top of my head, like kind of right now thinking about it without diving through every single character is Mystique on her spender. She yes. has before damage is dealt stun super great but like yep. these before damage is dealt effects are few and far between and the fact that we have a character here that's a four threat character that can just put out poison put out shock put out stun before someone else gets a chance to do anything especially stun like let's let's not kid ourselves will stun is the real star here yeah and and that's the one that like maybe you don't go for strun based on some information that you're about to give us with the next attack, but realistically, you're probably always going to want to put stun on. And well, can you remind the suits at home what these conditions all do? Poison is during the power phase, you lose a power and then gain a power, so essentially you're just even with where you are. Shock is one less attack die. And stun is you only gain one power from attacks or damage. Or other things like uh, the Asgardians would only get one power. So anything that says yeah. you gain an additional power, you would actually only get the one power. I always forget about that a little bit with the Asgardians. Yep. Yeah, Asgard, Hulk. Uh, wait, Hulk's immune, so I think. Yeah. Isn't Hulk immune? I think Hulk's immune, but She-Hulk is not. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah, so... It's stuff like that, like little minutia things. Yeah, Hulk's immune, so there you go. And um, stuff like that, right? But trust me when I say if you have been brand new to Marvel Crisis Protocol and you haven't had your whole team get stunned like by Mayor <laughs> Fisk or something, it's terrible. Yeah. And, and yeah, no. This might be, might be the best builder in the game. Definitely in contention for it. Like, I can't see why. I can't think off the top of my head of anything that would be better than that one. 
And it's it's one of those things where do you know the math? Like I'm not a super math guy, but I would think it's you're roughly looking at about forty percent of the time you should have a wild in your attacks. Maybe thirty five percent of the so. time, something like that. Yeah. Let's see. Hold on. You know what? Hashtag do the math. Together, we got Cerebro right here. That's right. Cerebro it up. Let's see. So triggers. There we go. Wild fifty three point one three percent of the time. What? It's that high. <laughs> well, on two defense dice, I didn't change that. Hold on, uh, let's go to three because that's more average. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't matter what it doesn't matter on the defense dice. True. So yeah, fifty three point one three percent of the time you should have a wild. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so so there you go. I mean, like you know, and it's it's one of those things where someone out there listening to this is going to say, well, what about that builder? What about that builder? What you know? What about this one? What about that one? And look, there are some great builders in this game. I mean, like, again, I, I don't want to spoil anything for when we review Ulick, but, like, you people are going to be like, oh, yeah, Ulick's got the thing. He does he does the cool thing. And, like, Thor. Thor has a great builder, but you're paying the Thor tax there, right? And when I think about it and when I say a statement like, maybe this is the best builder in the game, I mean, in a package like this, right? Like, every character in this game is unique, but there's ways that they overlap and ways that we can compare them to their peers and i think jessica drew here amongst four threat characters like just straight four threat characters has a builder that is 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 very very strong and look when you're not hitting those triggers in a game it's gonna feel bad Mm -hmm. but i think like you just said more often than not you're gonna have those triggers but i'll tell you this suits don't bank on the triggers just no just don't do it as someone who's deeply in love with Weapon X right now, I get real sad when I don't get a pierce. Yeah, as someone who played so much Web Warriors forever, and I uh, like would play Miles, right? Miles got the wild throw on his mm-hmm. web line kick. And I swear to God, every time, it's like, I'm rolling six dice, need it, gotta have it. Nope. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's just how it goes. But what is the next attack? Because I think there's some synergy here. Oh, there absolutely is, and I love it. Her next attack is her spender, Intoxicating Blast. It's also an energy attack. Range of two, um, seven dice for three power. On a wild, you get Sensory Overload. If the target has the Poison Special Condition before damage is dealt, this character may advance the target character short, and then, after this attack is resolved, the target character drops all objective tokens it is holding. Now that's some spicy tech right there. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And let me ask you this. So do you feel like if you're going to be doubling up on somebody, like let's say someone that's kind of tanky, like a juggernaut, do you think doing a bioelectric strike into a intoxicating blast and then, you know, with bioelectric strike, let's say you get that poison on there, do you think it's worth it with your builder with bioelectric strike to forego shock and stun and add poison if you know you're going to be doubling up with an intoxicating strike and he's maybe holding an objective or two? I'd say it's a very good argument to do it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I use Juggernaut as an example and I think that because he has his helmet on, he can't be moved. However... <laughs> Okay, maybe there's not an argument to do it then. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no. Okay, cool. So I pulled up Juggernaut's card because this is 
this is the thing about this game, right? Like making content for this game, playing this game. There's stuff that I forget every time I pull up to the tabletop. Every time I hit record, it, I can't remember everything, unfortunately. I wish I did. God bless the internet. <laughs> right? <laughs> but Helmet says this character cannot be pushed or advanced by the special effects of enemy mystic attacks or enemy superpowers. So there you go. Yeah, this would totally work on Juggernaut. So back to what I was saying. I'm, I'm basically trying to set up a scenario here where using neuro disruption and applying poison is maybe more valuable than going for one of the other conditions. And I don't think it's one of those things where it's all the time, but like situationally, I think that's really valuable. What about you? Absolutely agree. Like if Juggernaut's just there being a menace, um, give him a stun, give him a shock, give him something like that. But if he's holding something, especially like if you're on something like cubes where maybe he has two cubes, perhaps he's also holding a dossier because your opponent chose to put a dossier on him and you do neurodisruption followed by that. He's dropping everything in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And it is worth noting here that it's an important bit of text on sensory overload. So the advance happens before damage is dealt. So you have to advance them and then they will drop the objectives. And remember, yes. suits, remember, the short movement tool is longer than the range two tool. So you could easily move them out of position. The nice thing about mm -hmm. this being an advance and not a push is you can choose how far you move them. Yeah. You don't have to go the full distance. Nope. That's so good. So good. So, yeah, I, 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 love, I love this so much. And, and this attack suite as a whole is very interesting. And did you notice that the builder is range three and intoxicating blast is range two? And I yes, think that's I by design. Yes. Yeah. I, I love it. And, I mean, what do you think about all this, Will? Is this, is this like total package? excellent is it like just really good it's a whole because i know we haven't gotten to her superpowers yet yeah just i attacks. love her attacks i think they're very thematic i i think the effects on them are excellent for what she is doing like she's your long moving hit and run striker that can make people drop what they're holding given debilitating conditions like right now so far he is excellent. Yeah, I completely agree. And those of you out there might also be thinking, well, Miles has a similar attack in Venom Blast. And yeah, he, he does. It's exactly the same, except it doesn't have the movement part of it, which I think is mm -hmm. really interesting. That they, you know, That's the difference in, I guess, a three threat and a four threat. And it's funny because I'm trying, again, to think of other characters that through attacks make you drop objectives, and it's very few. Yeah, I mean, Quicksilver has his card. Right. Um, we know that about one a, comes to mind right after the jump. Rhino robbing people. Yep. <laughs> so crazy. But again, that's a card. That's a one-time use. Exactly. And so dropping objective tokens like this, and again, it's I think it plays into, I'm going to just assume that Spider-Woman, Spider-Woman is a web warrior. So I think that's a fair assumption. And... When you think about her on the tabletop with Miles, low, like no objective is safe. No. 
it's it's crazy when you think about it. And for three power, even if you don't have the poison condition on them and all you do is make them drop objectives, worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about superpowers and then we'll talk about this character as a whole. Absolutely. Go ahead. So, we have an active superpower, which means it has to be done during her turn. I don't fly. I glide. For two power, place this character within range two of its current position. The superpower can be used only once per turn. You know what this is, Will? What is it? This is out of action movement. It is. Best thing in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know who wishes they had that? Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I couldn't I couldn't resist. So yeah, I love places. I think this is is just great. I mean, it, it helps her stay alive, helps her kind of get where she needs to go again with combined with a long movement. That's some insane mobility. So I love it. Mm -hmm. Next up, we have a reactive superpower called Interrogate. Now we've seen this one before on Agent Widow. Yes, so if you're familiar, familiar with that character, for three power. At the start of the cleanup phase, if this character is within range two of one or more dazed enemy characters, it may use this superpower. Its controlling player increases the amount of VPs they score from crisis cards during this cleanup phase by one. Now, we do have to talk about this a little bit because it's one, again, we haven't seen since Agent Widow, and Agent Widow doesn't see the tabletop, at least here locally for me very often and I think outside of the widow bomb like once that kind of thing died down a little bit she didn't really see the tabletop as much so basically what this means is that if Jessica Drew is within range two of at least one but it doesn't matter whether it's one or the entire enemy team you're only going to get one victory point so when this superpower first came out everybody thought because of the way it says score uh, increase the amount by one from crisis cards, that it meant each card? No, it just means <laughs> just means literally you're gaining an extra VP. Yeah, one bonus point. One bonus point. And let me tell you, that can really make a difference. Yep. And what I find interesting about this is on a character like Spider-Woman, with her long move, with her place, if you play it right you can sneakily win the game on your opponent. And it's, it's the fact that it's tied to the long move and she has the place that really just seal the deal with interrogate. Because I have tried to fit Agent Widow in many a list. And like, I put her in and she's always out of position to interrogate because she's just short of where she needs to be. Yep. Yeah, I mean... That's exactly how it is with Agent Widow, but the fact that, like like you just said, it's that long move in that place, and yes, that combo is going to cost you five power, but let me put it to you like this. Most people, when they're playing this game, even competitively, casually, but definitely as you get into that competitive stage, Will, as you know, they, they mm -hmm. look at the board state and they say, okay, how many VPs can I comfortably score here? How many VPs do I need to win if you're in round two, three, four, whatever, right? You're, you look at the board state and you say, how many can my opponent possibly get right now, right? Yeah. 
So if you've got a spider woman on the other side of the table, it's always one more than you think they can. And I'm telling you right now, people will not account for that. No, absolutely. And, and that, I think, is, is the key. And yeah, you've got to get five power on Spider-Woman in order to get her a move, a glide, and interrogate. But don't forget, she can just double move and win you the game with something like this. Yeah, long movement, that's taking a lot of board space. It is. It is. Yeah, she's only on a 35-millimeter base, but she is going to sneak up on somebody. And, and look, I know I'm making a big deal over one VP, but when you've got crises, crises, yes, crises, crises out there that have six potential victory points like the new senators, <laughs> I mean, like you can have an insane swing turn. So, I mean, all I'm saying, Suits, all I'm saying is, if you're playing Jessica Drew, remember interrogate and, and think about that in the board state, right? Like, this is where we're playing that little bit of competitive that I've played a little bit more is like, you know, Merzane and I have talked about this a lot. What is your out? And a lot of times you can think about it, well, my out is actually the one VP I'm going to get from interrogate if I move Jessica Drew at the right time. Yeah, you have to think about her activation. And that's going to be coming up on some other stuff that we're going to talk about after we talk about her card. But yeah, it, her activation order is going to be super important. It is. It is. And and this is one of those things where a superpower like this, and again, you, you said it, some other fun stuff we're going to talk about, create a character that is complex and interesting and even though we've seen a range two place, even though we've seen drop your objectives, even though we've seen a, a range three, five dice energy thing with some special conditions, all of these things coalesce into a character that is unique in, in what they're going to do on the tabletop, I think. Absolutely. So let's finish up these superpowers, though, because there's more. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we have three innate superpowers. The first one being Martial Artist. We've seen this before as well. When this character is defending against a physical or energy attack, targeting it from within range two, this character adds blanks in its defense roll to its total successes. Excellent defensive tech. Absolutely. Excellent. And combined with this next piece <laughs> of defensive tech, you and I'm I'm labeling this next piece as defensive tech in this instance because I think sometimes it might not be, other times it is. Today it really is when you think about these two things together. All right. An innate superpower, stealth. We've seen this before. Characters must be within range three of this character to target it with attacks. So, Will, why do you think I'm so hyped about this defensive tech combo here? Because you can only attack her from range two and a half. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, Rocket's having a bad day over there. Yeah. This is, this is amazing. Yeah, and when you pair that with her range three bioelectric strike, she can place, shoot you, and move back. Or she can move first, shoot you, and then just place back. So she's always going to be playing within that range of, like, a little over three. Yeah. Yeah. And remember what I said when we talked about I don't fly, I glide, that out of action movement 
is one of the most valuable things in this game. And if you're kind of sending Spider-Woman up against a character that does not have that, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Like, you've won the matchup game. Yeah. Now did the dice play ball. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's stuff like that, stuff like these combos of things here, right? That I think, again, just obviously make a character that is is going to be hard to deal with and is going to do a lot. And then the final innate superpowers that we have here, immunity to poison, of course, and wall crawler, because, you know, she didn't need any help getting around the board or anything. No, not at all. Not at all. So, Will, obviously I think that we've been gushing over this character quite a bit, but what do you think, like, in totality of Spider-Woman here? In totality, she is easily one of the most complex. You really have to think about her activation order, her movement, her placement, where you want her, when you want her there. She She's going to take a little bit of thought. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's a fantastic core threat. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think as a four threat, I mean, there's very little here that says any other threat. Like she doesn't, she doesn't hit like a five threat. You know, like the argument that I can see is like, you know, we talk about the curve in Marvel crisis protocol, right? Like there's always a curve and some characters are going to be perfectly balanced right at the tip of the curve and then other people are going to be a 3.5 when they should be a 4 or a 4.5 when they should be a 5 or something like that yeah. and, and, and vice versa, right? Like all, all manner of things. Mm-hmm. So when I think of Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman here, I, I can't help but see like, like to me, this character feels really on point. Like, yes, hard to deal with, but not broken no right like there's an argument to be made like well we could talk about later when we talk about affiliations but she doesn't seem overtuned like everybody says oh winter soldiers are overtuned things like that like she seems like if you if it's your first couple times running up against her you're gonna have a hard time but she's gonna settle in people are gonna get used to her play patterns yeah. And she'll be fine. Yep. That's exactly it. And it's interesting because I feel like that, I mean, just reading this card, I want this character on the table all the time. All yeah. the time. I mean, I think there's very few kind of archetypes that you'd be playing where Spider-Woman won't fit in. Speaking of, we are going to talk about affiliations now. We don't know where she's <laughs> affiliated. But... I mean, there's good guesses. Right. There, I mean, we, we can make an educated guess here, and that is pretty much everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... She has a very complicated history. Yes. Like, there's a possibility that she is Hydra, S.H.I.E.L.D., Web Warriors, A-Force, Avengers, and maybe something else? Maybe Defenders. Maybe Defenders. So, we're so looking, you're looking at, at six. Yeah. Possibility of six affiliations on this character and this is one of those things where i don't know about you i i hope that they don't exclude certain affiliations from her simply because 
she might be a little too strong in them. Yeah, we because I mean that's a problem they had with Rogue because for all intents and purposes, Rogue was on the cover of A Force and she's not A Force affiliated, which yeah. I understand. You can't do charging special delivery. That's gross. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it's grossly awesome? Oh yeah, absolutely. But still, I get it. But yeah, she has the possibility to be in six different affiliations. Yeah, like that's insane. Yeah. So let's uh, let's break that down a little bit and. Obviously, she is built for Web Warriors. Like, yes, this is the kind of Web Warriors team that I used to love to play. Is one that was kind of fast and and moving a lot. I know uh, LVO is going on this weekend, and shout out to uh, Mike DeLuca out there and and his I'm not going to roll dice into you type Web Warrior stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've been, I've been listening listening to that. That's crazy talk. Yeah, it is crazy talk. And and you know, but that's the thing, like. Jessica Drew doesn't have to roll dice to be successful in a no. Web Warriors squad specifically. It really, anywhere she goes. But, like, you're going to want her rolling dice most of the time. And let's be honest, Will, rolling dice is fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, again, I think Web Warriors, definitely. Avengers, I mean, of course. Like, let's talk about the places that are maybe a little more awkward for her before we get into anything else i guess but like of the possible affiliations that she could be in every single one of them is excellent with yeah. the standout probably being a force yeah i'm so excited to pop her into a force like what makes you so excited for her in a force a force loves a long mover um a four threat long moving she doesn't fly but a four threat long mover that can place and just give out those conditions to help She-Hulk go in there and pound some face is just so good. Being able to move people out of position is great. It's, it's, she's just a perfect fit for A-Force. My only complaint was I was really hoping she'd be a leader so we'd have a four-point leader instead of a six-point leader. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was my one. I was a little, little disappointed in that. I was hoping it was maybe a tactics card. But um, overall, I think she's just going to be a wonderful fit. But honestly, I'm more excited for her in S.H.I.E.L.D. because now it gives me a reason to use a new age. Oh, so for those of you that might not be familiar, what is a new age, Will? It's the card that comes with Human Torch. Jim Hammond may spend three power to play this card. Each enemy character within three of Jim Hammond gains the incinerate special condition. This round, when an allied shield character is attacking a character with the incinerate special condition, if the attack type is energy, add two dice to the attack roll. I see, I see, said the blind man. <laughs> yes. So that gives another energy attack to shield, which they don't have a lot. They have human torch, Hawkeye could shoot energy. Um, I think Widow, both Widows have like an energy attack and Spider-Woman. Yeah. Yeah, wow, and, yeah. And the Hoff with his grenades. Right, yeah. And the fact that it's shield allies and it has to be an energy attack really, really limits the uses of that card. But yeah, I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That I, See, that's a little bit of, of synergy that I never thought of with this character and that I think will be pretty fun. And shield is a place that I think is going to be really interesting for her because when you think about this box, the the box mate that she comes with in Agent Venom, I'm sure he's going to be S.H.I.E.L.D. affiliated as well. And of course. you've got a four-threat Nick Fury, a four-threat Spider-Woman, a four-threat Agent Venom, and then you've got, you know, 
Fury Sr. and the boys, mm-hmm. Jim Hammond, Violent Cap, who's also a four threat, which I know not a lot of people like Violent Cap, but I like Violent Cap. I like him too. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. And then you've got people like Bucky and all of this stuff. Like, do you think that Spider-Woman is going to overtake some of those other characters that you see in those rosters? Um, being that a lot of people are down on Violent Steve, I definitely see them replacing Violent Steve with Spider-Woman. Yes. Um, he's probably going to be the first to go. Other than that, I mean, I would, I'm always hit and miss with Human Torch because I like him in concept, but he's not the torch I want. But <laughs> hey, look, Johnny's but, Johnny's coming one day. I'm sure of it. I know, I know, I know, and I I can't wait. But I think pairing her up with Human Torch, being able to not only add dice to the attack, but making people drop the objectives because he can make people drop as um. Tokens also, not yes. civilians, assets. Mm-hmm. So now you have two people on shield that can make people drop stuff. I like it. Yeah. I like it. it. it she's going to be very fun in shield. And then you splash a rhino in there and it's a robbery and everybody's having a good time. Yeah, throw pyro <laughs> in there too. Oh yeah, there you go. See? Just everybody's <laughs> dropping stuff. You drop a thing, you drop a thing, you drop a thing. Everybody's dropping the thing! Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so good. And... Yeah, so again, uh, just another place where I think Spider-Woman's going to fit right in. And I think maybe, maybe the odd affiliation out, and I don't think it's that odd, honestly, but the odd affiliation out is Hydra. But even then, like if she is Hydra affiliated, I mean, she's going to play good there. Yeah, especially under Strucker, who's just giving out poison. Right. That that was going to be where I was going to go with this. It's like, well, I say that, but then he's poisoning people all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, this is, I, I retract that statement. As it left my mouth, I was like, maybe this isn't such a good thing to say. But I'm sticking by it. I think that of the places she's going to be affiliated, that's, that might be the quote-unquote weakest. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, <laughs> she's so good. She's all, all of her, or what's the word I'm looking for? All of her assumed affiliations, even her worst one is pretty damn good. Exactly. And <clears throat> when I think about all of that, and I think of her, like, well, let me ask you this, Will. Where do mm-hmm. you splash her that, let's assume she's affiliated in those six places we talked about. Holy crap. Let's assume. <laughs> where do you splash her? She is my fourth threat in Weapon X. Okay, why? We're getting a different attack type because Weapon X just loves their claws. Um, so we get those energy attacks. If I can put a poison on somebody and then move them into range of the Blade Blender, I'm a happy boy. Fair. Fair. And then with Weapon X's tendency to kill, it's going to be super easy to get her into position to interrogate. Yeah. See, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I, that's my number one spot to put her in. She's going to, she was, she's taking my fourth threat spot who was rogue. Then it was Rhino. Now it's going to be Spider-Woman. Oh, wow. You're moving, moving Rhino out and putting Spider-Woman in. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And I think in a place like 
Weapon X that it's just it's murder, blender all the time, kill, 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 and then play that objective after you've done enough to delete everybody, right? That's been my experience with them so far, yeah. Right. <laughs> the fact that you're going to say, okay, cool, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. Oh, and by the way, here's my long mover that's going to come stand next to you during the cleanup phase and score me a VP since you're outscoring me. Yeah. I kind of love it. Can't wait. <laughs> kind of love it. Yeah, no, that's pretty spicy. And I know, Suits, you're out there thinking, when is he going to say that she can go in convocation? Honestly, I mean, she's fine there. Like, I probably wouldn't do it, honestly, weirdly. I know someone out there. She's fine there, but she's not, like, great there, you know? Right. Like, when I think about how I play Convocation, as an example, you know, it's strange, voodoo, mordo, usually kind of some combination thereof, right? And I don't feel like that there is going to be room, per se, for a spider woman. Now, there is a little tiny bit of synergy that Strange and Spider-Woman have, where Strange Superior has his deadly daggers of Davaroth that can do a poison. So Mm -hmm. I could potentially try to somehow layer that up a little bit, but I usually don't play into that as much. Maybe that's a pattern to explore, but... For sure. She doesn't really get much out of Convocation, I don't think. Doesn't mean I'm not going to try, though. (laughs) You got to try gotta try so well any other dark horse spot for spider woman not off the top of my head not that i can think of uh yeah no i mean considering she may be affiliated in half of the affiliations (laughs) (laughs) right really there isn't really one that i could think of yeah yeah exactly i mean there's the generically good in cabal generically good in guardians of the galaxy right yeah i think places like that are fine one other like like i don't know if it's gonna be good but i'm gonna give it a go and that would be midnight suns Ooh. and the reason why is because yeah you don't want to necessarily spend her power on the bump but being able to place within two, move around the board. Midnight Suns had Siege of Darkness, so they can be able to put out some damage, potentially get a daze, and then you're you're moving around, maybe getting that interrogate off. Like they're not as as murdery as other people, but I feel like that she could do some interesting things with them. Yeah, she gives them a little bit of control with the poison, being able to move people. That is a very interesting uh Interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one that I don't I don't know if it has legs, but maybe it's got like knees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I, I've got to do one more. I gotta do one more. Inhumans. Okay. And the reason why is like if you're playing in humans out there, passing a power around when your opponent's like, oh, they don't have enough power for an interrogate or something, and then boom, you got it. Yep, that's nice. Yeah. So something to think about there. I don't know if that has legs either. That's maybe more like hips, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. But yeah, no, that is an interesting talk. Same thing with, I mean, just same thing with A-Force, because you could shuffle her power if somebody else gets hit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
So let's now talk about the tactics cards that come in this box. And since we've already talked about Agent Venom, let's talk about his cards first. Sure, absolutely. Let's start with Foreign Assignment, or as I like to call it, Wall of Text. <laughs> like, we're reading a book right now. Yeah, it's the Guardians of the Galaxy pinball card. It is. So I got to say, I love how every time Guardians gets a new card or a new character or something, that they have this just ridiculous tactics card. Mm-hmm. You know? So Foreign Assignment is a Guardians of the Galaxy affiliated card. It is active during Agent Venom's activation. Agent Venom may spend any amount of power to play this card. Choose an option from the list below for each two power spent. Resolve each option completely before choosing the next. So that is kind of your trigger thing there. And basically it's saying if Agent Venom has a boatload of power, he can do one, two, three, four, five different things. So if he has 10 power, he can do all five things on this card. So what are those five things? Well, let's get into it. If Agent Venom is within range two of an allied Gamora, Agent Venom is thrown medium. That's interesting, right? What's the next one? Next one is, if Agent Venom is within two of an allied group, Agent Venom may remove up to three damage. Nice. If Agent Venom is within range two of an allied Star-Lord, Agent Venom may immediately make a full auto attack listed on Star-Lord's stat card without paying the power cost. After the attack is resolved, Agent Venom may advance short. So real quick, I want to stop here for a second and tell you what full auto is because you're probably thinking, well, that doesn't seem too good. Oh, Hmm. no, that's the spender, seven dice, range four, and with a wild effect that is a four each wild, bleed, shock, slow, or stun. So it's real good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Agent Venom is within two of an allied rocket raccoon and has already made an attack this activation, Agent Venom may immediately make an attack action. Agent Venom then advances short. Cool. I mean, just just throwing it all out there. Yep. <laughs> if Agent Venom is within range two of an allied Drax the Destroyer. Agent Venom is thrown short and counts as size three during this collision. So you said uh, the Agent Venom pinball card. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, Will, if you have two power and you're within range two of a character, which character do you think is like, all right, I'm using this this turn? Which one? It's so situational, but I'd have to go with Star-Lord. Yes. I, that's, that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, I could see it being like if you're paired up with Rocket, you could you could maybe, because at least you're getting an attack out of it as well. But I think, yeah, but you have to make an attack first. Right, right. So it's, it's pretty nice. So I, I, I like all of that. And the interesting thing here is it's, I mean, you could do it all. You could do it mm-hmm. all. It's, it'd be bananas if you pulled that off. Yeah, it would take some very strategic placing of yes. your characters. Now, but it'd be well worth it. Like, the dream 
is to deadly duo into a follow me into this into maybe a lovable misfits and just blow all your cards on one turn oh my god <laughs> that's nasty that's, yeah you know what i don't play guardians all that often but my god i want to chase that dragon <laughs> i have done the deadly duo into the follow me into the lovable misfits because i did play guardians for a little bit but i want to figure out a way to just reliably get foreign assignment in there yeah no joke so that's the thing about guardians you mentioned how like clogged up that the tactics card situation can be do you feel like that this is worth taking if you're taking age of venom in your guardians roster absolutely yeah because even if you only get one or two effects of this i mean you're getting one or two pretty good effects yeah i completely agree with you i was going to say the same thing I, I think even if you're only paying two power to get a full auto as an example that's still cheaper than star lord has to pay for it and when it's mm -hmm. over you get to advance short yeah worth it absolutely so yeah no, I'm, I'm with it and another interesting thing here is when we read the rocket one if he's within two of rocket and has already made an attack this activation so he has to have attacked once already he may immediately make an attack action so that means he can use his spender that's a beam. Yes. And paying the power for it, all of that fun stuff. But does that mean that he's out of actions when that's over? I did see someone bring that up. Some people are saying that action would be like bolded. It's just because on Star Lord, it says he may immediately make the fall auto attack. Right. It doesn't say it's an attack action. So I think there's waiting for some uh, clarification on that one. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, if we ever get some uh, clarity on that, we will let you know, Suits. But this is one that I'm definitely interested in because if if it's able to chain into another attack action, like at the end of his turn, that would be pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you think about it, though, he could have done two attacks during his activation and then played this card. And then he could get another attack action listed here. So he could get three attack actions that way. True. So I, I wonder, I wonder. I'm just curious. Very curious. Yeah, because usually something would say like action before it. So I'm thinking he might be able to squeeze a third attack in. I think so too. Or a third action of some kind. Maybe it's a move. I don't know. Yeah. So, Will, what's the next card featuring Agent Venom for us? Um, that would be Cleanup. So it is an unaffiliated reactive card. An allied Agent Venom and an allied Peter Parker may each spend one power to play this card during the power phase. Agent Venom gains the Spider Sense innate superpower until the end of the round, and Peter Parker gains the Symbiotic Instincts innate superpower until the, until the end of the round. And because presumably you'd be playing Agent Venom, um, spider sense is when this character is defending against a physical or energy attack or making a dodge roll, it may reroll up to two of its defense or dodge dice. Nice. I think that's really spicy on Agent Venom. And for those of you that might not remember, Agent Venom has symbiotic instincts. While this character is attacking, the defending character cannot modify its defense dice. Yes. So I think this is a nice little, little synergistic bit of kit. For these oh, two yeah, it's characters. a super fun card. Yeah. Uh, are you taking it? Situationally, yeah. Um, 
I think it's worth bringing. I mean, because chances are you're, you're you may have a Parker in your list. I mean, core Peter got up to six health now. He got a little bit of a buff. Mm-hmm. Amazing Peter is a five. So I mean, if you're using his leadership and you're using Agent Venom, I don't see this as a reason not to take the card. Yeah, yeah. I think if you've got a Peter in your list, if you're playing with your Peter, then yeah. you know, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. Yeah. If you're flashing and- your Peter. Then, you know. <laughs> yeah. And of note, Scorpion and Shocker are on this card. It is of note. I love it. I love it. Can we take a side tangent real quick? Side tangent away. I mean, this is House Party okay. Protocol after all. Yeah. So on that, um, the organized play kit that's going to be at Adepticon, the Just the Parker Luck, there is a very nice looking vulture on the front of that box. Oh, yeah. It looks like MCU vulture. Yeah, it's like a mix of comic and MCU because he has the flight helmet. I really hope if, if and when Vulture is coming, that that's the, the I want that helmet because I don't want old man Vulture flying around. I want that helmet because Michael Keaton was awesome. Michael Keaton was excellent. As I mean, look, Michael Keaton is a treasure. True. Let's just just off the rip. Anyone that says otherwise, get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> True, Mr. Mom, classic. Classic, <laughs> exactly. A Beetlejuice, yes, please. So yes. Anyways, all of I digress, but no. Yes. I'm not going to lie. I want old man Vulture. <laughs> I want wrinkly old Vulture up there, man. I mean, maybe he'll have an option for a different head. Maybe. Or they could do like the, the 90s TV show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he okay. was like the young guy when he had like the, the special thing or what, to make him young or something. Yeah, I just rewatched that whole series recently and I'm like, damn, this was dramatic. It was excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> excellent. So, speaking of things that are excellent, let's talk about these cards that feature Spider-Woman. And I'm going to start it here with On Patrol. Unaffiliated, reactive, an allied Spider-Woman or allied Carol Danvers may spend two power to play this card during the power phase. This round, whenever an enemy character interacts with or picks up an objective token, both Carol Danvers and Spider-Woman may advance short. I can't even finish saying this without grinning. <laughs> I know, it's good. Like, what What the heck? How did this happen? This card's amazing. It is. And, of course, the Dream is playing this turn one. Oh, my God, yeah. The, the Dream is playing this turn one. And I don't know how you'd accomplish that. I mean, I mean, you could do an advanced R&D type thing. No, so it has to, to be done during the power phase. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So hmm. I don't think you could do that because the two of them only gain one power during the power phase. Yeah, I think you'd have to do it like a Dormammu type thing. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> so this, though, like, I want to, again, reiterate something on this card. This round... Whenever an enemy character interacts with or picks up an objective token, both Carol and Jessica Drew may move short. Now, I said Jessica Drew. It actually says Spider-Woman on here, and it says Mm -hmm. Carol Danvers on here. That is interesting. Yeah, because, you know, Spider-Woman needs more ways to get around. Well, not just that. Carol Danvers. Oh, yeah. Where are... Give us another version of Captain Marvel. I'd like to see a classic Miss Marvel, honestly. Honestly, I'm right there with you. 
Like that that would that's what we all want, I think. But no, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a little clever <clears throat> bit of wording there. So yeah, a little future proofing. Exactly. And and there is definitely intention when they've done things like that in the past. So I think the fact that it's whenever uh, an enemy interacts with or picks up an objective, anytime you're paying that power to interact with an objective token, these characters are coming for you. And yeah. Spider-Woman, in terms of like damage output, I'm not as worried about like in general. However, Carol, the one thing she's missing is the ability to get places. Mm-hmm. And now you've given her that. Yeah. And you want to talk about an, a card that is literally stapled, glued, super glued, sewn in to every A-Force roster. This one. Yeah, I was just going to say this might as well be an A-Force card. Seriously. Because this is insane. Mm-hmm. Or if, she's in, if they're both in Avengers, could be an Avengers card too. Absolutely. And, and it's one of those cards where maybe, maybe I'm making more of it than it really is because I tend to do that at times. So I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'll cop. I get excited. Okay. I get excited. You know, we keep it light here. That's what we do. And that's part of what makes it fun. But I also want to be real. What this card does more so than allow spider woman and Carol Danvers to get places, which it does that. But what this card does is it puts a bug in your opponent's head of, okay, when I interact with this thing, here they come, and they haven't activated yet. Or when I interact with this token, I just threw somebody off, and now I'm interacting with this token, and, oh, here comes Spider-Woman or Carol right back onto that objective. Oh, Lord, she coming. Oh, Lord, she coming. And, <laughs> and I think that that's like an interesting strategy. Even if there's no objectives on the ground, or, or, or you know, I don't think you... You place this on something like an infinity formula, but like if everything's a pay to flip and there's a bunch of objectives out there that can be interacted with, I think this is a really strong card. And it's one that figuring out when to play it, do you play it round two, play it round three, do you play it round four? That kind of thing is going to be really interesting and trying to figure that stuff out. But I think this is a really strong card. Yeah. And even if you play on something like Extremist Console, because it's a D-shape, so it's a little more awkward sometimes for certain teams, especially A-Force. Just to be able to give them that extra mobility to get there is going to be great. I'm in love with this card, and then uh, when you combine this with the next card we're going to get, uh, what what is that card, Will? That card would be Double Agent. You talked about putting a bug in someone's head. This is amazing. So Double Agent, unaffiliated, reactive. At the start of the activation phase, an allied Spider-Woman may pay two power to play this card. Choose an enemy character. The next time the chosen character gains an activated token, remove an activated token from Spider-Woman. What? What? That, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That, that's crazy. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds bananagrams. That's the new word, I guess, for House Party Protocol right now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's out of control. Yeah. And such a good effect. It is. So what this effectively does is it you're going to lose priority, right? I mean, more likely than not, I'd say playing this card. So keep that in mind. I'd say it's one of those things where if it's played right and you play around it right, you can mitigate it, but it's hard to do. So 
what this says to me, right? Spider-Woman spends her two power during the start of the activation phase. Cool, whatever. If you don't activate Spider-Woman first, it means that you're probably not going to get the effect off. Right? However, you may be forcing them to activate a piece they didn't want to activate earlier than they anticipated. That's what I was going to say, too, is I still think it has value, though, because of that. Yeah. Which, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those staple to Spider-Woman cards. Oh, yeah, I think uh, anytime you see Spider-Woman in a roster, this card is with her. And it's one, yet again, that I think when you are trying to figure out when's best to play this, you know, what situations you're in where this card can have the most value. I think that is is something that's going to take some time. And I think when I read this, I think to myself, if, if you put it on a character that you want them to activate early and then you don't activate Spider-Woman and they don't activate that character, well, then that's just gravy. Yeah. You know, but if you put it on a character that you're like, okay, cool, I know they're going to be activating this character last. I want to take the last action. I want to take some points, take this, take whatever. I think that's also really valuable as well. Yeah, this is definitely, uh, like I said, it, it may be staple to Spider-Woman. Definitely in your 10, not necessarily in your 5, depending on affiliation and who you're going up against. But it's definitely, if, it, if you're playing it, it's definitely in your opponent's head. Yes, and as an opponent of it, you are going to have to play around it a little bit. You're just going to yeah. have to. Just like Deception, you got to learn to play around Deception. You're going to oh. have to learn to play around Double Agent. Yeah, don't remind me about Deception. Double <laughs> Agent is exactly the same. And I've been playing this damn game a year. I keep getting screwed by Deception. So. Oh, all the time. All the time. It gets me every time. Yeah. Gets me every time. Double Agent's an interesting one because let's say you put it on a character and Spider-Woman's kind of does, you know, she activates first. She does her thing. Maybe she's left in a little bit of a dangerous position. Maybe not. But if you activate her first and you've played Double Agent, don't leave her hanging out to dry. Because mm -hmm. if this is out there and I've got enough activations, I'm going to be coming for Spider-Woman. Yeah. Because I don't want her to get another action. You're an activation, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's also a strategy. You put a target on Spider-Woman's back. I think that's fair. For sure. It's, I think this card has a lot of layers to it. It's like an onion. <laughs> yes, absolutely, because so many layers. So many layers. Or is it a cake? Is it an onion? Is it Shrek? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, all of the above. All of the above. But either way, all of this, when you think about Agent Venom, harken back to our discussion of Agent Venom with Nate, Spider-Woman, all four of these tactics cards here, you want to talk about a box just chocked full of value? I mean, come on. I mean, we were saying around Blob and Pyro was probably the best box since um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, but now, like, not even two months later, we're getting Agent Venom and Spider-Woman, which may trump the, bl the Blob and Pyro box. 
I think it just might. And then when you think about the fact that we're getting Ulick and uh, Beta Ray Bill, I mean, on the same day. <laughs> yeah. Like these two boxes are insane. And that's why House Party Protocol is doing a giveaway for them right now. We're doing a giveaway for these two boxes because they're so excellent. And the giveaway is going to be ending on Tuesday. February 21st, that's usually the day I record this podcast is Tuesday mornings, so that will be the last day to get your entries in, and will we have to come up with a secret code word for the suits out there for this episode, and uh, what are you thinking? Um, first thing that comes to mind is double agent. Double agent? I think that's solid. I, I, think, I think double agent's so good. I think it'd be really weird... <laughs> We could definitely go with like girl power with how awesome Spider Woman is, but I don't know. Is that two nineties? It's two nineties. Yeah, that's that's a little too a little too nineties. way too. And 90s. I just watched Captain Marvel today too, so yeah, it's a little too nineties. Little too nineties. Okay, okay. So double agents. I, I definitely I like double agent. I think that's great. And yeah, suits. So how can you enter this contest to win these two insane boxes? Insane, like for real. These these yeah. two insane boxes. You can enter by leaving a comment on the Facebook post that I made on the House Party Protocol Facebook page. Make sure you comment on the one on the HPP Facebook page, all right? The randomizer app that I use online, unfortunately, doesn't let me pull comments not from a thing from my page. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So comment on the one on the HPP page, all right? Make sure to comment, like, all that fun stuff, and also listen to the podcast because you'll get secret code words like the one that we just came up with right now on the fly, totally off the cuff for no good reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's just a fun way for, for me to give back for everything that the suits give back to me via downloads, listens, their time. Look, I, I cannot express enough my gratitude to everyone out there listening right now and how much I appreciate your time and I hope that I not only give you some good information but I also keep you entertained for the hour hour and a half you're with us so uh, yeah I want to say thank you all so much for that and yeah if you're interested and you want to support the show you can check out our patreon it's patreon.com slash house party protocol for as little as a dollar a month which is 12 bucks a year if you did the math there. You can support House Party Protocol and get access to our amazing, excellent, bodacious, cowabunga-ish-ish of a Discord channel. And you can come hang out with us, me and Will and Leland and so many others, Schultzy, Brian Freddy, the devoted pariah, everybody over there. And look, if I'm leaving you out, it's not intentional. I'm just off the top of my head naming people. <laughs> Schultz would have definitely messaged me if I left him <laughs> off, though. Like, why don't you love me? Exactly. That's what he would have done. But it's okay. <laughs> we love our Schultz. We love him so much. But no, it really is a great community, and it's, it's, I'm really proud of it. And it's a great place for MCP content. It's a great place for Marvel Snap. We talk about that a lot and, and just to have a great time over there. And uh, every once in a while, we get some games going. And I did mention this before. We are going to be doing a House Party Protocol League. I pushed back the start of that 
because I didn't want to conflict with the TTS special report. I took a poll and it kind of seemed like everybody would rather wait until the TTS season is either kind of more or less done than trying to have both at the same time, but it is coming. And the only way to get in on that is to be a part of our Patreon program. So make sure to check that out. And also follow us on Facebook, all the all the places and the stuff and the things. And uh, yeah, don't forget to check out Battle Kiwi. Make sure to, to check them out. There is a link in the description. Use code PARTYKIWI for 10% off your first order with them. Can confirm those battle boxes are legit. And Will, where can people find you? Um, you can find me in the HPP Discord. You can find me in the Game Store Guardians Discord. I'm actually in all the Marvel Discords, I think, almost at this point. Um, check out our podcast, Game Store Guardians. I do stream my um, my TTS games. I try to put at least one TTS game up a week on my Twitch. So twitch.tv slash Ninja. It's H-A-L-F-A-Z-E-D and I-N-J-A because apparently the word ass makes little kids explode on Xbox. So I had to change my name. Long story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's the Z. The Z is for danger. Yeah, it's true. You know, as a fellow person with a Z in their handle. You know, danger. Yeah. Right? That's how people Again, know you're legit. When, yeah, when I did Xbox Live, that was like the first name that came up. So that was, I don't know, however many years ago. So that's where, it's, that's where it is. There you go. <laughs> love it. Love it. And uh, yeah, make sure to go give the Game Store Guardians some love. Check out Half As Ninja over there on Twitch. I will make sure to leave a link to that as well in the description. And if I forget, just someone message me. <laughs> Uh, no, I will remember. I will remember. Uh, but uh, no, also uh, make sure to... Oh my gosh, just had another thing. Don't you hate it when the train just runs right off the tracks? Yeah, it me all the time. Yeah. What else was I going to say? Was in that vein. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. And with that, party on, Will. Party on, Will. And power down suits. <laughs>